Hello world and welcome to Cartridge Club Portable. I'm your host, Curtis Freisel, and this month my very special guest is viral music sensation and star of the hit web show, Retro Nonsense, Luke, aka Game Boy. How you doing, Luke? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Well, I'm glad you're here. Tell me, should I call you Luke? Should I call you Game Boy? What do, what do you prefer? Whichever you prefer, I don't care. All right, I'll probably stick with Luke. Tell me, Luke, how old are you again? 13. 13? My, my goodness, you're almost a gay man. That's crazy. <laughs> what are you going to do with your name then? Um, I don't know. Probably just keep it the Game Boy. Yeah, probably. Well, I'm glad you're here, and it makes sense that we call you Game Boy because this month's CC Portable game was played on the original Game Boy. This month we played Kirby's Dreamland. Um, and Luke, I'm, I'm told that you recently played this for the first time. Is that true? That is true. Yes. Um, yeah, I played it like a month or two ago, probably. Um, I, it wasn't the first Kirby game I played, but, um, it was like the third Kirby game I played, but yeah. All right. So chat me up. What, uh, what other Kirby games have you played? Well, the first game I played was my friend had Kirby's... Oh dang it! Um, I th it was like the the first one on the 3DS. I forgot exactly which one it's called, but the first one on the 3DS, not the robot one. That's the first one I played. And then after that, on the uh, NES Classic Edition, I played Kirby's Adventure, and I really liked both of them. So then I was at a retro uh, video game store one day, and I saw the first one for the Game Boy Kirby's Dreamland, and so I picked it up and played it. So you played this on the original Game Boy? Yeah, my first playthrough, I played it on the Game Boy on the way home. Uh -huh. And then, and I beat it on the way home. It was like a 45-minute drive, and I beat it the whole way home. Like, And then the, my second playthrough for this podcast, I did, I played it on the Super Game Boy or whatever it is, the thing where you can put it in the Super Nintendo and play it on the, the TV. So that's sure. what I did. Tell me, does that when you play it on the Super Game Boy, do you get a special outline, or is it in color? Like, like how does it, how does that work? Does it look any different, or is it still kind of that green color? Well, you can like it. You you can choose like the color. There's like four colors, and then you get to choose like a color scheme for how it looks. And mm -hmm. then there's also like a border that you can choose. Is there a so, specific yeah, Kirby cool. border? Uh, no. Some games do have them, but not not for Kirby. Gotcha. I know for the Donkey Kong game there is one, but right, not for right. Kirby. Yeah, some of them do that. Uh, well, great. I'm glad you actually have some experience with Kirby because then it'll give you some perspective on this game. Um, you can compare it to those other ones you played. On a side note, I want to say this game beat out Mario in our Land Barons battle. I don't know if you, you knew about Did you see the, uh, the vote that we took? Uh, well, I saw it. After it happened. Sure. Uh, so so you knew it. it was Mario versus Kirby, and then depending which one that, we were going to either do Kirby's Dreamland 1 or Kirby's Dreamland 2, right? So yep. tell me, if it was between Mario and Kirby, and had you had a chance to vote, who would you have voted for? Kirby all the way. All right. And Kirby's Dreamland 1 or 2, what would you have picked? Uh, I've only ever played the first one, so probably that one. Well, fantastic. Then you're the perfect guest to have. Uh, so let's get into Kirby's Dreamland on the original Game Boy. A little history first. This game was originally released in North America on August 1st, 1992. Luke, 
How old were you in 1992? Uh, I wasn't born yet, so. <laughs> Wait, what year were you born? 2004, April 1st. 2004. So this game came out 12 years before you were born. <laughs> yeah, so that makes it 25 years old now. So that does this, that. Well, that's right. This is this would be the uh, 25th anniversary this year. So how befitting yeah. that it won. And uh, as we all know, it's an action platformer, and the very first in the Kirby series. If you didn't know, this was how crazy is it that this giant franchise that we know now started on the Game Boy. Can you think of any other ones that did that? Mm, Pokemon. Ah, good good call. Pokemon started. Um, a more uh, offshoot one would be Gargoyle's Quest started on the Game Boy. Um, mm. that's, a, that's a pretty big deal that it started on the Game Boy. Yeah, um, it is. So much so that the series has spawned over 20 games since Man. its original release. 20... 20 Kirby specific games, not to count his, uh, you know, in addition to all the other appearances he's made in Smash Brothers and, and what have you. How crazy is that? Pretty crazy. But uh, Kirby, he had some humble beginnings, didn't he? Because this game only consists of five levels. And as you mentioned, you beat it under 45 minutes. You can actually beat this game in about 20 minutes if you are at the top of your game. So, <laughs> yeah. uh,. That's, that's wild to me. Um, yeah, it is. So, Luke, I don't know if you've listened to CC Portable in the past, but I tend to have a big question that I ask, sign, uh, sort of a, an all-encompassing question for you and our listeners t- to deliberate over throughout the podcast. And my big question for Kirby's Dreamland is this. Luke, is Kirby a boy or a girl? Um, I think technically he's a boy, but I mean, it's kind of a mystery, I guess. Why, why do you say he's a boy? Well, because... He's pink, right? Yeah, but I think that Nintendo refers to him as a he, like in, in like, I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is a girl, or she is a girl. Well, you know? to add more fuel to the fire, technically, you are correct, because in the English manual... It does refer to him as a he, but only the English manual. I don't believe the uh, original Japanese manual did. So in America, or North America, Kirby is a boy, apparently. Although I don't know if he's ever been referred to as a he past that manual. So really? A bit of a controversy wow. there, huh? What do you think about that? So I, I don't think there is a definitive answer. I'm going to leave that up to you guys. And maybe Kirby's nothing. Maybe he's just a little a, bit of both. He's a little bit of both. Yeah, what's wrong with that, right? <laughs> in these progressive times that we live in, why can't you be both? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so um, before we jump into the game, I think it's fitting that we get a little story. Where this, uh, what, what the, the before the game, if you will. Um, and Luke, I wrote down uh, a nice little summary for you. Would you do the honors and read the story for us? Sure. It says, One night under the cover of darkness, the gluttonous King DDD and his minions steal all the food in Dreamland, as well as the sparkling stars used to obtain more food. The next morning, as the residents are discussing what's to do, Kirby, a young resident of Dreamland, steps forward and volunteers to retrieve the food and stars and stop DDD. 
Well done. Well done. I liked the uh, the uh, spooky tone you started with. That was great. So, pretty simple story, right? Get the food. It's not about saving a princess. It's about getting the food back for Dreamland. Mm-hmm. So, let's, uh, let's talk about this game, huh? Stage yeah. one, Green Greens. Luke, describe Green Greens to me. How would you describe that? Um... Well, it was green, and there were hills and stuff, and <laughs> it was just like a pretty basic, you know, not nothing too fancy for the first level, you know. Yeah, I don't think so. I, it's it's uh, you know it it's like any of those games out there, uh, like Sonic. It's always Green Hill, you know, a very like basic yeah. starter level kind of a tutorial type level, if you will. Um, but I wonder, because it was on the Game Boy, and the Game Boy is green, maybe that's why they called it Green Greens. You couldn't call it Blue Blues or Yellow Yellows. Green Greens makes sense. So I'm sure you're probably aware of this, but one of the first things you'll notice if you are familiar with the series is that Kirby's trademark absorbing mechanic is absent from the game. Instead, when he hit, inhales an enemy, he spits out a star. Chat me up about this uh, this mechanic. Uh, did you did you feel like this game was lacking that, having played the other ones? Yeah, I definitely felt like it it wasn't quite as fun without it. I mean, you know, because I guess that they probably couldn't make a mechanic that like uh, technical or like technically they couldn't make like a mechanic like that because it was on the Game Boy. You know, maybe they could. I don't know, but maybe they just hadn't thought of it yet. It's hard. It's, yeah, like, it's hard to say because. Obviously, the sequel, Kirby's Dream Land 2, was on the Game Boy, and they were able to do it then. But, as we all know, I mean, you look at Super Mario Land versus Super Mario Land 2, and that is two vastly, technically different games. I mean, Super Mario Land 1 is very basic. I mean that in a good way. It's still an amazing game. But Super Mario Land 2 really emulates mm, a Super Mario World vibe. It, it has the same style and look to it as that. Um, so, yeah, I think they were just figuring out the... The, what they could do technically. I think, I think that's absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. So as Kirby traverses green greens, uh, each level tends to have two parts to it for, the, for most of the game, um, aside from, I think, maybe one level. Um, and at the end of part one of this level, you ride a star to battle your first mini-boss, Poppy Bros Sr. Can you tell me about this mini-boss fight, Luke? It was really easy. Why was All you had to do is suck up the bombs and shoot them at him. And he just kept throwing the bombs. So if you just sucked up like the first three bombs, then you don't even get damaged that much. So no, no difficulty for you handling Poppy Bros. Sr.? Uh, I don't think so, no. Yeah, because he really only has two attacks. He kind of jumps back and forth on the screen, and then he throws the bombs. So you suck in the bombs, throw them back at him. Mm that becomes Yeah, and he only has 3 health, so, you know. That's true. Yes. And that becomes a tactic you're going to use throughout the rest of the game, sucking in um, a projectile or weapon that the enemy throws at you, and blowing it right back at him. And uh, mm -hmm. I think this is a good starter boss to get you to learn that, you know. Mhm. Mm um so after we beat Poppy Bros Senior, we move on to part 2 of Green Greens, and I want to talk about the flying mechanic so obviously Kirby sucks in air and then he can kind of float for a little bit is this game tell me I don't remember Luke is you can just kind of infinitely fly as long as you want to right yeah I think so 
Yeah, I don't think. But like at some parts in the in the level, there's like a roof or something that makes it so you can't fly there. But right. mostly, you can just fly infinitely. Did you have trouble with the flying mechanic? Sometimes I found um, when you land, you kind of if, if you don't do it right, you kind of land on your face, do like a face plant. Yeah. yeah. Did you have Did you have trouble with times. that? Yeah, it was the the controls or whatever for the flying was pretty. Um, simple but yeah like you said that happens sometimes just fell on my face or then, um some levels you know you'd have to fly through uh spikes spikes on yeah the that floor, was the worst the ceiling did you have trouble with that because it's not just you can't just fly in a straight line you're kind of bouncing along like a balloon right yeah and there was it um on one of the levels, the Zeppelin, right before the Zeppelin boss, yeah, I think it is, or it might be in the final Zeppelin, like when you have to redo it. Um, there's like spikes right before it, and I always got my health down really low on the spikes before I got to the boss, and then I would die at the boss because then he had like two hearts left, and it was just really annoying. And so. That was on. Okay, we'll we'll get to that in a second. That's uh, that's good. So at the end of part two of Green Greens, you fight your first official boss, which has kind of become a staple in the Kirby franchise. He's there. This boss is in, I want to say, almost every game. In fact, I think he, it's even in the Kirby's Dreamland stage for Smash Brothers, and that's Wispy Woods, the giant tree, right? Yep. So talk to me about this fight. So it's it's pretty easy, just like the um, uh poppy rose senior fight but it is a bit harder because he has um a well sometimes he can drop apples on you and b he has that uh air breathing attack Mm -hmm. where he like breathes air on you and it hurts you for some reason so he did that unexpectedly a couple times and that was pretty annoying but overall it was a pretty easy boss but uh yeah i agree yeah um and then of course you beat him and he cries he has always got the little tear streaking down yeah. his face when you beat him makes you feel a little bad you know? <laughs> i know it's a, a very sympathetic boss do you think that he feels guilty about what he's done to kirby that he's uh, going along with this plan to steal all the food from all the dreamland inhabitants yeah prob- maybe he's just crying because he's sad that he became evil you know he's, and he just wants to become good yeah he's realizing the error of his ways i mean he is for all intents and purposes, an apple tree, correct? That's what he's dropping on you. So he himself makes food. That's some depth to the characters you didn't see a lot of back then in video games. Yeah, it's a hit. It's like a hidden meaning, you know, the apple tree, because mm-hmm. he makes food, and you don't realize it, but he really is just a big, a big uh, softy, you know. <laughs> the big hard wood tree, deep down. <laughs> Is a softy. Yeah, underneath all that bark, you know? <laughs> so then we get to stage two, which is Castle Lolo Low. What can you tell me about Castle Lolo Low? Um, well, it's a castle and it has lots of doors and yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a maze like uh-huh. level. Very labyrinthine. You're going in and out of doors. Some doors are dead ends. And even if it is a dead end, it's usually not that bad of a dead end because you get health or a power up uh-huh. or what have you. Um, you're doing a little bit more flying in this level. The enemies are getting a little bit 
more calculated in their attacks. They're a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. um, and as we get to the end of part one, we fight another mini-boss, and this is Lolo. What are the odds in Castle Lolo? We're fighting Lolo. <laughs> you, remember, you remember this fight? Yes, I do. It was also pretty easy, just like the other mini-boss, but, you know. Um, yeah, this, it was, of, this more or less sets up the, the end fight. I, I suppose Poppy Bro Sr. did with Wispy Woods as well. But he, he, you're, you kind of got four levels that you're jumping back and forth between. And then on one side of the screen, there's these little doorways. And Lolo will shove a box out. And you basically have to suck that box up and spit it back at him. Mm-hmm. that give you any yeah, trouble? Um, I don't think so. I don't remember having any trouble with that mm -hmm. part. It was um, the, the bigger version of them. The, the actual boss for that level was kind of hard at some parts, but uh, not the mini boss. Yeah, that one did get a little bit more difficult. In part two, I believe this is the first time you can find spicy food, which is the equivalent, sort of, of the superstar in Mario. So Kirby starts blinking, and you can spit unlimited fireballs until the timer runs out. So it's a really fun attack that you'll use several times throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a, a cool power-up. Yeah, I wish... And see, this goes back to Kirby not having the absorbing ability. I wish there was more power-up stuff, because that's really the only one. It gives you a different yeah. type of attack. Yeah, there was also the, the microphone, though, but that was, you know, kind of lame, I guess. Well, well, I forget. What did the microphone do? If you, like, you, if you went on it, then you sucked it up, and then if you spit it back out, it, like, made, like, a... A, like a scream and then it killed all the enemies in the frame i think right 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 okay so i stand correct and that actually it actually came back as a copy ability in kirby's adventure that you can get spoiler alert for all you oh, people sorry. no 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 that's totally fine <laughs> um so at the end of uh, castle lololo we fight lololo and now la 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 and this is you take the mini boss and you do it on both sides now. So you got people coming from both sides of the screen. You're jumping between levels, sucking up boxes and spitting them out. You had trouble with this one? Yeah, it was pretty hard. Like, cause like I kept accidentally when I wanted to go down from a platform, I kept accidentally eating the, one of the boxes and, and got really annoying. Cause like, you know, the, um, there's like the the solid blocks, and there's the part that where you press down, and then you can like go through it. Yep. And I kept eating the boxes there, and then I'd like get get hurt, and then you can't go down when you eat a box. You can, but I kept like being halfway on the edge, or pressing it, and then holding it when I got to the bottom. I see. And then it sick, it, it ate it, and I was like, dang it! And I did that like fifty times, and then I just died. Or not fifty, like that's an exaggeration. <laughs> I just did it a bunch of times, and then I died. But eventually, you rallied and defeated Lolo and La La La. Yes. Which brought you to stage three, Float Islands. Mm-hmm. Can you just, do you remember Float Islands? Can you describe Float Islands for us? Um, yeah, so it's like a tropical place. There's like palm trees and stuff, and there's also a pirate ship that you can go on to, and oh, there's like enemies and stuff. was a pirate ship? I think. It was like I, a big boat. Maybe, maybe it wasn't pirates. Maybe it was just regular ship. But I you mean, know, I, I would totally believe it's a pirate ship. It looked like a, 
a wooden ship that pirates would use to sail the seven seas on. Indeed. And, you know, pirates steal stuff, and they stole all the food. So, could you know. Dude, you are schooling me in this. You're picking, <laughs> you're picking up all this stuff I didn't even think about. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, and then, of course, this, this Float Islands has a lot of caves you're going in and out of, too. Not, not as crazy as Castle Lolo, but you, you got some caves to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one actually doesn't have a mini-boss at the end of the first okay. part. Do you remember what happens at the end of part one? Um, so no. usually the end of each part, you, you find a star, right? And the star transports you to the next part of the level. Uh-huh. Well, this one, the star transports you right onto a whale, and you, like, land on oh, its blowhole. Yeah. And then the blowhole, like, shoots you up into, I don't know, this the sky into this, like, cloud world. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, and then you, you're going through the cloud world, and... That's pretty standard cloud world stuff until you get to, I think, what is my favorite boss of the game, Kabula. And you were talking, you, you mentioned this before. Um, this was, so, so you had trouble uh, having enough health going into this fight, which mm-hmm. this fight is completely different from any other fight in that you get one of those uh, spicy food things and then you're flying through the air. And so it's kind of a, a side scrolling shooter fight. Mm-hmm. Very reminiscent to Super Mario Land. There's a boss in Super Mario Land that's a, a similar thing, both on the Game Boy, both lands, conspiracy. Who's to say? But uh, <laughs> but talk to me about Kabula. I thought it was a really cool um, fight, especially because it was like not just you know sucking things up and shooting them at the like the other bosses where you just suck stuff up and then shot it at them, where you actually like could fly like on the screen and shoot the fireballs or whatever out at it and i thought it was really cool it wasn't probably as challenging as the bomb or i meant the block guys Mm -hmm. uh low 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 and la 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 but um the when it did the triple shot i did have a hard time dodging that but it wasn't too difficult overall so yeah and it is a zeppelin i think you mentioned that before that it's like a Zeppelin-shaped thing. It reminded me of, did you ever play Tailspin on NES? Mm-mm, don't think so. Some of the boss, it, it reminded me of, of a boss fight in Tailspin, if you've ever played that, where it shoots out like three cannonball things and you got to dodge them. Anyway, that's a side note. I digress. Stage four, bubbly clouds. So now we're up in the cloud world, right? And um, we, we, you come to some sort of sky palace? I don't know. Even when I was looking up what the palace was called, it didn't seem to have a name. You just go inside the, the building in the sky. But I'm going to call it a sky palace. Um, and here we fight a mini-boss named Cracko Jr. Do you remember Cracko mm-hmm. Jr.? Yes. That one was that one was pretty pretty difficult, but it wasn't that difficult for me. But, um, yeah. He's like the the bigger version of him, Cracko Senior, I guess, mm-hmm. is um probably my favorite boss because I really liked sucking them up and then jumping over him and shooting him back. So so explain so, what yeah. Cracko and Cracko Junior look like. It's a cloud. Well, the first one, Cracko Junior, isn't a cloud. It's like these three orb or four orbs or whatever spinning around him, and then it's, and it's just like an, an eyeball, eyeball. Just like a floating eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Krakow Sr., I guess, is a, a cloud with an eyeball. And he has spikes and all that. 
Yeah, he so, has yeah. a couple more attacks. Krakow Jr. Do you remember what Krakow Jr.'s attacks were? Um, I think, well, he spit out the bad guys, I think, and then I think he, like, did, like, a swooshing attack. But then he didn't have, like, the, like, lightning beam or, like, a laser beam thing that went around him like the, the bigger one did. Right. I think that there was another attack that he didn't have that the big one yeah, did. Yeah, so they kind of swoop back and forth on the screen, and then they spit out enemies, which then you in turn suck up, spit back at mm-hmm. them. That's that's uh, that's how that goes. And then, yeah, Krakow Sr. has a lightning thing that goes around him, just as an additional attack. And he's maybe a little bit quicker? I'm not sure. Um, but another part of this level that I really liked is in Part 2, after you beat Krakow Jr., you kind of do this vertical part of the level where you're going up to get to a doorway and then when you go through the mm-hmm. doorway you like fall down all the way down to the bottom where the doorway is to go to the boss and uh-huh. um i don't know i just like i like that they're playing with the levels in in kirby you know it doesn't seem like a lot of variation but you're going green greens kind of you know your basic level then you got caves um, you're going in and out, or if you're Castle Lolo, you're going in and out of rooms in the castle, kind of a maze type thing, and then here you're going up, you're going down. So they managed to squeeze a lot of variety into five levels. Yeah. Um, did you have a, before we get to the last level, did you have a favorite level? Uh, yeah, probably the island one, uh, number three. Float, float Islands? Mm-hmm. Any particular reason? Um... Just because I like uh, pirates and islands and stuff. Sure. Like, I like reading One Piece and stuff like that, so I don't know. Uh, There we go. And uh, that one probably has the most different locations. You start on an island, you're going over water, you're going into caves, you go into a ship, you fly into the whale, you go up into the sky. A lot of stuff in one little level, Mm -hmm. which is fun. You know, you get a change yeah. of scenery like every 30 seconds or so. Mm-hmm. But after we beat Krakow, we move on to the fifth and final stage, Mount DDD. Dun, dun, dun. And this <gasps> level is unlike any other level in the game. And why, why is that? Because it's not like a, a traditional level. You have to beat all four bosses again and then beat... Uh, King DDD. That's right. It's a boss Damn. rush, which yeah. we've seen in games like Mega Man. Mega Man always mm-hmm. does a boss rush at the end. What do you? How do you feel about boss rushes? Do you think this is? Do you like boss rushes, or do you think it's kind of a cheap way to lengthen the game? Um, I mean, I think it was cool, and it added a. a it was probably like the most challenging part because if you ran out of lives, then. Um, you know, you had to restart all the bosses. So it was, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. It wasn't like my favorite level or anything, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was definitely um, cool and added a bit more challenge to the otherwise pretty easy game. And once you, you're right, I don't, once you beat a boss, I don't think they give you any sort of health refill, right? Yeah, no, you just have the same amount of hearts. So. so you got to bring it. And Kirby, you get six hearts. Is that right? I think. I, I don't think, know. I think it's six. So you're taking on, essentially, before you even get to King DDD, if everyone else has six, you're taking on 24 hearts versus your six. 
that's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you get to King DDD, and he's got a lot of health. He's got mm, like eight or ten. I forget. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Des- mm-hmm. Describe this fight with King DDD. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Like he has a lot more moves than any of the other bosses. He has like the jumping thing. He has the thing where he trips. He has the hammer. He has, I think one more. He can, so suck. he has like, he can suck in as well. If you're too yeah, close that's to him it. and then spit you back out, which does damage and everything. Mm-hmm. So he was definitely the most challenging boss and the most, um, difficult, like to understand his patterns. But, um, but yeah, it was it was really cool fight. Probably my favorite. Besides, well, I like Krakow as a character better, but it was probably like the coolest fight, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, and I think well, the first time it took me like four or five tries to beat him when I was playing on the Game Boy. But then this time around, when I played it for the podcast on my Super Game Boy, uh, I think I beat him the first time. So that, that's just because I. Yeah, that's but good. that's just because I knew all of the patterns and stuff. I like that you fight him in like a boxing ring. Or yeah. Or like a wrestling ring. That, that was great. And one of the things that makes this boss dif- more difficult than the others, I think, is you kind of have to goad him into attacking you um, because you need to suck up the stars. There's two ways that you can suck up the stars. He either smashes his hammer on the ground and you suck up the stars from that or he tries to jump on you and when he s- slams his butt into the ground more stars and you suck those up but when he's doing the hammer which tends to be his main attack to get stars you kind of have to get close to him so he tries to smash you and then you run mm-hmm. away you suck up a star uh, and I, I th- that's the only boss that you have to goad into attacking you to then attack him back yeah which of course is uh, another challenge so then we beat King DDD hooray we've saved Dreamland this has got to be one of the weirdest endings to a game do you remember this ending i wrote down exactly everything that happens because it's so bizarre and maybe you can explain this to me luke so i'm going to go through what happens you tell me since you're the one who knows all about the hidden meanings and uh uh, all the uh um what's the word i'm looking for symbolism in the game okay so afterwards you beat king ddd kirby then turns into a giant balloon and he carries ddd's castle off of the mountain it's on, uh, up style, floating through, remember up with the balloons? He's kind of floating through the sky as the credits roll. And then after the credits roll, he kind of, the, the, the stars that you saved, you saved all the stars that you need to get the food, that's where the castle just floats on these stars. And then Kirby falls back to Dreamland. And then he's in front of all the Dreamland people he saved. Food is just falling from the sky. And then Kirby holds up a sign like Wiley e. Coyote that says bye bye. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, the, I don't I think you would need the instruction manual had we not explained what the story was with the stealing all the food and the stars. They, they don't do anything at the beginning of the game to let you know that, right? Yeah. That backstory would have been in the manual. So if you didn't have the manual, this ending would have made like no sense. There's like fish and apples and all sorts of stuff falling <laughs> from the sky at the end, right? It's weird. It is weird, yeah. And why does he carry King Dedede's castle to set it on these stars? What was wrong with the mountain? Um, I don't know. Right? What? What? 
What does that even mean? Come on, help me, Luke. What's the symbolism there? Maybe it means that Kirby is a star and he needs all the attention. And so he puts the castle on the stars so that he can be on the castle as a star. I'm going to go with that because that makes the most sense. (laughs) I'm picking up what you're laying down, Luke. And then, of course, afterwards, you unlock an extra mode or a hard mode to play through uh, the game again. Did you did you play extra mode? Uh, I I didn't. I why well, I, I tried like I tried it for like a couple seconds, but I never like played through and beat it on that. Sure. But um, from what I understand, all it does is basically the enemies are a little bit tougher. You take more damage, and when you beat the game, and instead of just scrolling credits, you get kind of like Super Mario World, where it shows all of the villains and shows their name. You, you kind of get that added animation. And that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. And that's it for Kirby's Dreamland. That's the whole game. Like I said, very yeah. short. If you're up to snuff, you can beat this game in 20 minutes. How, how long did it take you to beat it? Both times. I think... About 45 minutes both times. Like, the first time, I beat it on the car ride home from the retro store. The retro store that we go to is in Delaware, so mm-hmm. it's, like, 45 minutes from my house, and I just beat it on the way home. Like, I beat I, – I, like, just got done the final boss as soon as we pulled in my driveway. So that will probably be about 45 minutes, and probably I think about the same amount uh, when I played it for the podcast this time around. So. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna, I know you played Kirby's Adventure on the NES. Do you have any interest in playing, uh, Kirby's Dreamland 2 on the Game Boy? Yeah, definitely. I really like the Kirby series, so if I see it for cheap, then I'll definitely pick it up and try it out. Um, it, it seems pretty cool, because you can ride animals or something, can't you? You know, I've never played it, but that's what it looks like on the cover. You're riding like a hamster thing, and then of course you get the absorbing mechanic. I think Musty Hobbit said that the game clocks out at about two and a half or over two hours and it does have a save feature which is cool oh wow yeah yeah so definitely uh like a longer game and more complete well not more complete i guess but a longer game than the first one yeah yeah i'm sure you know luke that i have a massive nintendo power collection correct uh yes i did know that so whenever we play uh, one of these old Nintendo games, I like to dig up the issue that talks about these games and see what they had to say. And so I happened to find a little article in Nintendo Power. It actually came from issue 39, which was August of 1992. And there is this great, um, uh, what would it be, not article, uh, section that you can find in in several Nintendo Powers called George and Rob's Now Playing. And what it is is it's these two guys play the same game and then kind of give their opinions. And so once again, this was issue 39, August 1992, and you can find George and Rob's Now Playing on page 103, which is where we have this uh, Kirby review. And what I like about it, and they, and they even put it in quotes, two guys' opinions on the latest releases, George and Rob. <laughs> so I thought it would be fun if I would read one, and then you would read the other. Would, could, would you do that for me, Luke? Sure. 
Great. Well, I'm going to go first. I'll read George, and then you can read Rob. How about that? Okay. All right. This is what George had to say about Kirby's Dreamland. Kirby has a very unique way of attacking his enemies. He consumes them and spits them back out at other enemies. That and the excellent play control make Kirby's Dreamland a really fun game. That's what George had to say, but what did Rob have to say, Luke? Rob said, Kirby is a kid of marshmallows, which would, could lead you to think that the game is geared toward only very young players, but it does offer plenty of challenges for more experienced players as well. I'd like to see an NES or Super NES version. Maybe Kirby could take on the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man or the Pillsbury Doughboy. So, of course, we did get an NES version and a Super Nintendo version. We got Kirby's Adventure on NES and Kirby's Dreamland 3, among others, on the Super Nintendo. But I think it's funny when you go back to 1992 and their mindset towards Nintendo. Obviously, now we know Kirby is a mainstay, a massive franchise, has all these games, and they're trying to like, hey, hey, this isn't, this isn't just for kids, man. This, this <laughs> is for everyone, you know? Just because Kirby's a kid made of marshmallows, you could think... I don't think he is made of marshmallows, by the way. Uh, which yeah. could lead you to think that the game is geared only towards very young players. That just goes to show, at the time, you know, you had the Sega Genesis, uh, and there was this constant battle that Nintendo was viewed as the kiddie video game system, you know, and, and Sega Genesis <laughs> was for the older, cooler kids. And this just goes to show how much they wanted to... No, 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 it's not just for kids, it's for everyone. Whereas now, Nintendo is just king of the world. You know, I just, I thought that was really yeah. interesting. So thanks, George and yeah, Rob, if you are real people, for your opinions. <laughs> or are they? Maybe they're just robots or holograms. I, it sure sounds like it. Those were the most generic. I, I, I like Rob's thing because he says the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man or the Pillsbury Doughboy. So that's got a little flavor to his thing. But other George's yeah. comments are so <laughs> generic. I mean, a robot could have said that. Maybe George is a robot that Rob programmed. That's true. Or Rob is the robot that George programmed because why? Rob the robot? I think we figured it out. <gasps> what? We're geniuses. Amen. That's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe it. But it doesn't matter what George and Rob think, and it doesn't matter what we think just yet. It matters what you guys think. And so... You know, this we had to record this podcast a little bit early because the holiday's coming up. And I was really surprised with the amount of two-word reviews we got. We got a, a healthy amount. And so thank you guys for using the hashtag CCPortable on Twitter to give us your two-word reviews. And I liked what uh, P1 and I did on the last podcast uh, where we tag-teamed them. So I think we'll go back and forth. You want to you wanna do that? Sure. Okay. So why don't you take the first one? Chris R., Magical digestion. That's very true. You're turning <laughs> anything you eat into stars. That's pretty magical to me. And I think he put that before he even played the game because he found the game and then played it. And I think he comes back a little bit later with another two-word review. But Matt Bandy said short and easy, which is very true, true as well. Caused a bit mm -hmm. of a controversy, though, because he used an ampersand and they asked me if that counts as a third word, which, of course, it isn't a word. But I said, listen, I'll allow it, but I challenge anyone in the future to 
flex their creative muscles and come up with a more inspired and loopholeless review. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So what's what's the next oh. one? It's rocket sauce sucks and blows. Now I don't know if he's saying that Kirby sucks. And <laughs> I think he's just being clever because that's what Kirby does. But Kirby certainly doesn't suck and blow in the uh, he does in the literal sense, but in the figurative sense he does not. I think this game's pretty solid. And if you think that rocket sauce, well, that is a very unpopular opinion. Also, I'd like to point out he used the ampersand. Very controversial. Very controversial. Buried on Mars said solid graphics. True. I agree. Musty. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I agree. I, I'm always impressed on these Game Boy Nintendo games, how much detail they're able to squeeze out of this tiny little system and with just the two colors back in the day. You know, it was green and... yeah. Green, green, you know, that's it's wild. <laughs> or, I think they could use like four different shades, but of uh -huh. the same color. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Musty Hobbit says, quick playthrough. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more to say there. Steven Eider says, adorable marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree P2 more. P2 says, dream bland. You want to talk about controversial. Dream bland? <laughs> Does he really think that? I think he's just trying to be clever, too. Because this game ain't bland, P2. The only one who's bland is you and your bland opinions. Amen. Amen. Chris R. So, see, Chris R. came back after he played the oh. game, decided to leave another two-word review, and he said, Spittin' Stars. So... You can almost kind of Ma make his his two reviews go together. Magical digestion, spitting stars. Mm -hmm. It's a four-word review, but split up into two comments. This is true. Very mm -hmm. controversial. I'll allow it. <laughs> Matt Bandy says, two money sign ort. <laughs> I love the way you read that. Uh, <laughs> so Matt Bandy rose to the occasion. He decided to after I made the ruling, he decided to challenge himself and come up with another more creative two-word review. And he said two, I think it's supposed to be short, but yes, you're right, he did <laughs> use the money sign. I don't know why he used a money sign. What, what could he possibly mean with that? Can you Well, maybe that? he means um, that their budget was running low, so they made it shorter than it could have been. Maybe. That's very true. <laughs> See, you're so good at this. Two, would you say two dollar sign Hort? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, do you do, do you have a two word review? Uh, yeah. Uh, how about length sucks because they needed to make it longer because it's it's a great game and I want more content. You know. I couldn't agree more. And my two word review is pink perfection. Which is actually another controversial statement because if you see on the cover, this is the only game I believe in the entire series. Kirby's white. Yeah, and I think that's because they didn't. Because you're you're looking at a green screen, you don't know what color he's supposed to be unless you saw a manual or something. But someone over at Nintendo of America, I don't think they looked at what color <laughs> he was supposed to be. They made him white. Yeah, I know. But, but now I'm, he's pink. Absolutely, he changed color like Michael Jackson. So you know what? We're referring to him with the pronoun <laughs> he. 
Look at us. Oh, We're I'm already sorry. falling it. into that trap. How do we refer to Kirby as it? It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got a few questions for you, Luke. Just to okay. uh, wrap up our discussion on Kirby's Dreamland. Number one, who is this game for? Who is it for? Um, probably, um, young, like people who are looking to get into platformers and uh, hardcore Nintendo slash like platformer fans, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think. This this is just for everyone. It's a fun yeah. game. Um, it kicked off a fantastic series. So if you want to go back and see Kirby's Humble Beginnings, it's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Question number two, is this a good portable game? Yes, definitely. I think it's definitely good that, like, because it was portable, it's good that it was, you know, semi, it was short because you could pick it up and, you know, beat it in, in a short amount of time because that's the, the best part about a portable game is that it's convenient, you know? Yeah, you kind of want that pick-up-and-play mentality. And back then, when not too many games had battery saves, the best portable games were your more arcade type games, like I'm talking Tetris and Alleyway and Breakout and th those types of games. Where this game comes along, gives you a nice little 20-minute action platformer you can beat on a car ride just like you did. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I, and yeah. yeah, it makes it a really good portable game. Lots of variety. Question number three, on a scale from one to five, one being terrible, five being perfect, what do you give this game? I'm going to have to go with a 4.8. 4.8? Why does it lose point two? Because it wasn't that long, and I just wish it had more content. You're not because it's an amazing game. All right, fair enough. But you know, Kirby's Adventure comes comes along, and that's like a, a five hour game or whatever. So sure, that was great. Well, I'm gonna give it a five out of five. Five out of five because at the time, this was awesome. You know, and. With the benefit of hindsight, yes, you think, well, it should have been a longer game. And I agree, it should have, it probably could have been. But for what we got, what they gave us, you can't do much better than that. And I think yeah. it gave them a good foundation, jumping off point for the rest of the series, which they totally capitalized on. So I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Kirby's Dreamland. Five out of five. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things it's I like awesome. to do is, if you like this game, I like to recommend another game. But I'm going to give you the option first. Do you have a game that you can recommend to our listeners if they liked Kirby's Dreamland? Kirby's Adventure. For the NES. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an awesome game. And, and why is it so awesome? Just because it has, like, all of the great parts about Kirby's Dreamland, but then it also adds, like, mini-games, and it's on the NES, so it's, like, color, and it's got better graphics and now with the copy ability it mm -hmm. just makes it so much more fun so if you enjoyed this then you're definitely going to enjoy kirby's adventure yeah yeah for sure i'm going to give you guys something a little out of left field um i'm going to say if you liked kirby's dreamland another fantastic game boy title you should check out is kirby's block ball have you ever played kirby's block ball luke 
I have not. It's kind of like uh, Breakout where you have a little uh, paddle at the bottom that mm -hmm. Kirby, as a ball, is bouncing off and you have to break all the bricks, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It should... What's I've great seen, about like... Kirby's block ball is it's got a ton of different levels and you use two paddles. You use one on the side, so one on the y-axis and one on the x-axis. And so you're bouncing Kirby all over the place. Really challenging, but very fun. And I'm, I'm amazed at how much they were able to squeeze onto this tiny little Game Boy cart. Mm -hmm. I've seen videos of that game, but I've never played it. Like, well, I think all of the Kirby games on the Game Boy are really fun. Obviously, Kirby's Dream Land 2 is a no-brainer, but... If you're looking for something Kirby-related, a little bit different, Kirby's Block Ball is my choice for you guys. I think you really like it. And that's it for Kirby's Dream Land. I think we have exhausted everything we can say about this game. So why don't we talk about what's coming up on CC Portable in the months to come. You excited? Yes. So next month, as voted by you, my loyal listeners... We are going to be playing Metroid Prime Pinball as part of our Pinball Wizards Month. Have you played Metroid Prime Pinball? No, I have not. It is. I didn't even know it existed. Oh, it's so fantastic. So it was originally for the DS. So obviously you can play it on the DS or the 3DS. If you play it on the DS, you can play it with the Rumble Pack, which is really fun. But this game is not just your average pinball game. I mean, there's sort of a story to it there's bosses it's a lot of fun check it out if you get a chance and then february like i said we're recording this podcast early so i can't really i don't know what the february game is yet because we're still voting on it so the vote was who do you love a valentine's day themed vote and i gave you zelda and metroid or samus and zelda to choose between you guys picked samus as your lady de jour and so you got four games to pick between Metroid Zero Mission, Metroid Fusion, Metroid Prime Hunters, and Metroid Samus Returns. Luke, you ever played any of these games? Um, I've played Metroid, the Super Metroid. I've played, I'm trying to think, I've played Metroid Prime and the other one on the Game Boy Advance. And that, those are all the Metroid games I've played. Are you leaning towards any of these Metroid games? If you could pick one, or did you vote? I don't know. Maybe you did. I did not vote. Sorry. What, uh, I, what if you if you did? What would you pick? Um, I don't know, honestly. Probably. I don't know. Well, I'm leaning towards Metroid Fusion, and I think in the polls right now, it's got a slight advantage. It's really tight, unless you're a fan of Metroid Prime Hunters. That game is going to lose. Nobody wants to play that, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> compared to these other games. But Zero Mission Fusion and Samus Returns are all really tight in the races right now. Uh, so it's anyone's game. By the time this podcast is out, we will have a winner. But uh, right now, Fusion barely has the edge, and that's what I hope to win. Because uh, I hope wins, because it's, it's a really fun game. But it's all about March here on this podcast because for the first time ever, you're hearing what we're going to be playing in March. How excited are you, Luke? I'm excited. Well, tell me, Luke, when you think of March, what do you think of? What's the, one of the first things that comes to mind? Um, I don't know. Uh... Okay, let me, let me narrow it down for you. Sports. What comes to mind in March? 
I don't know. I don't follow any sports. I'm sorry. <laughs> March madness happens in March. I don't follow sports either, but I know it happens in March because otherwise, why would they call it March madness? And so I'm running with it, and we're doing our theme of the month for March is March madness. Now, you might be thinking, oh man, we're going to be playing some sports game? Absolutely not. No. But this is where the madness part comes in. Because instead of choosing a game or a series that we're going to be playing in March, no, no, this time we're going to be choosing the system that we'll be playing on in March. So here's your four votes that you're going to have. You're going to be able to choose between the Game Boy slash Game Boy Color. So you could play both of those systems. The Game Boy Advance, the PSP, or the 3DS DS. So you can play either of those as well. And you think, okay, so one of those wins. What game am I going to play? That's the madness part. You can play whatever game you want on that system. So if the Game Boy Advance wins, you can play any Game Boy Advance game you want. And the reason I'm doing this is what we're going to do is I want you guys to jump onto the forums, jump onto Twitter, Leave a review of the game you played, and that podcast is going to be one giant review show where we're going to review a ton of portable games for that particular system. So if you've got a game in your backlog, you've been Jones in the play, well, then vote for that. Vote for whatever system that's on. You know, a lot of people uh, wanted to play another Metroid game two in a row. Well, if you want to play another Metroid game, vote for the Game Boy Advance, and then you can play Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission back-to-back. I'm leaving it all up to you guys. It's crazy. We're going to have, um, if you want to leave an audio review, I'm going to play some audio reviews on the show. We're just going to have a lot of fun, squeeze as many games onto that show as we possibly can for that system. What do you think about that, Luke? It sounds awesome. Yeah? What do you, what do you think uh, should win? What do you want to play? Game Boy or Game Boy Color. Nice. I think that's... A great choice, and eh, that might be what I'm going for. I got so many games in my backlog, it's so hard to say what I want to play, but I could totally do Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Absolutely. Um, and like I said, this doesn't just go for March. If you're ever playing along with us on the CC Portable for the Game of the Month, I want to hear your reviews. Go to the forums at cartridgeclub.org. Tell us what you're thinking about the game that month. Uh, how, you know, I want your experience, what you're feeling. Is it a good game? Is it a bad game? Let me know. And then, of course, uh, there's a slew of other things you can check out on cartridgeclub.org. they got reviews and blogs, and there's the forum, and you can find all the podcasts, and so much to do. Check it out. I'm sure you already know about it. That's why you're listening to this podcast, so I'm just going to keep ran- or stop rambling about it. <laughs> and as always, you can find me on Twitter, at Curtis Friesel where you can let me know what games you'd like to play, or if you want to be a special guest, like my buddy Luke here. And Luke, where can we find you? Um, on YouTube, Retro Nonsense is my family's channel, and my channel is called Switch Clips. Switch so, Clips, yeah. what do you do on that? Uh, videos of Nintendo Switch. They're like with the, um, the recording button, like 30-second clips or whatever of cool stuff. Can you give us a taste of uh, what, what you got on there so far or what you might have coming up? Well, I have a lot of failing videos of me failing because I do that a lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's that's most actually of them, a pretty good idea. 
most of them are me and Splatoon 2, and then I always, sometimes I'll, ju- uh, you know, do the super jump, and I, I always use dualies, so sometimes I'll roll into the water, or the other day I posted one where I was playing Salmon Run, and I, like, it was on the new map where there's platforms, and I tried to jump onto the platform, but just at that moment, somebody shot the thing, and I fell in the water. So, funny fails. That's one of the things you can find there. And you can find that that's on YouTube? Yes. Switch Clips is the name of the channel? Yes. Switch Clips, that's one word? Uh, I think it might be two, but I could be wrong. <laughs> well, look for Switch Clips. It's on the YouTubes. Uh, you can also find Retro Nonsense. Can you give us any spoilers of what might be coming up on the Retro Nonsense crew? I have no idea. <laughs> you don't have any songs in the works that are, that are coming up? I think everyone's waiting for your guys' next song. But before you know it, you're going to be able to put together a whole album. Uh, we're not working on a song right now, so I don't know. Uh-huh, sure. He's winking at me the whole time he said that. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thanks for being here, Luke. I'm glad you were here. Thank you for up. having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I hope you have a happy holiday because we're going into the holidays now, so... I, I, I to everyone out there, happy holidays. Have a happy new year. And as always, can you take us out, Luke? What do we say? Um, I don't know. Bottom of the uh, <laughs> bottom of the outline. CC unite. Nailed it. <laughs>